This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 452 of the Stable Scoop Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are the Fairfield Inn in North Lexington, Kentucky, and Horselovers.com. Coming up on the show today, we're going to be heading to the University of New Hampshire to talk about some different programs they have up there. We also, Nick from the Make It Snappy Show, stops by to talk about well, how you have to have some people in your life. And Susan stops by. She's one of our auditors, and she's going to give us a review on the Noble Outfitters Winter Show Glove. All coming up on today's Stable Scoop Show. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable School. Stable School. Stable School. This is Glenda Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, howdy, Helena. Hi, I'm waterlogged. I know. We, us too. We've, we've, this is our first rain that we've gotten in three months, literally. April showers. Yeah, well, we needed it. Our grass was starting to dry up down here. You know, we hit yeah, 95 the last couple of days. I was going to ask you, what's been the average temperature in the last four weeks? Yeah, about 95. Hot. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. So it got kind of hot here right away. And I know you guys have been in the rain, but a little cooler. Yeah, it's been it's been kind of gross, actually. We had spring in February, and now we're having February in March and April. Um, we're just, New England is getting soaked. Just soaked. And so I assume you haven't been riding are, much. <laughs> oh no. My horse is fat out of shape. The farrier came today and Brody could barely stand up on three legs. He was like, Oh, I can't hold my leg up for you. <laughs> and he's wobbling and shaking and his fat's jiggling. It's like, Oh my God, I got to get my horse back to work. Like those yeah, uh, and people born. on the no, ship and Wally. Are they like those people on the ship and Wally? They're just sort of floating around on chairs and <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a great movie. I love that movie. And Jennifer, you and Jennifer turned me on to it. Yeah, well, you, Jennifer's you seen it about a hundred times. <laughs> you mentioned it to Grace. No, Jennifer told me, and then Grace and I watched it. And I, it's like one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, now. Jennifer. Yep. Not a lot of talking in Wally, but there didn't need to be. <laughs> so. Didn't need to be. And then, then we got Buck to watch it, and he loved it. So, and we always think of those people riding around on those floating chairs. chairs. <laughs> yeah, that would be Brody for sure. Well, I have some announcements to make here at the beginning of the show before we get underway with our guests. One of them is about Rolex. Uh, and, and I wanted to apologize for not, to you, for not being here last week. I, I'm sure that you, uh, that, that we missed doing the show and we're, we apologize to the listeners too, but I was very sick after coming back from, from Road to the Horse. Apparently, I wasn't the only one. Everybody in the media booth, which was an enclosed booth at the Alltech Arena, got sick. So. Oh, but, God, uh, you were in an enclosed booth? Yeah, which is great because you don't suck up the dust from the arena the whole weekend. I thought, this is great. 
not so good. Uh, yeah. But you know, You're when I get viruses <laughs> instead, when I get sick because of my Lyme, I get really sick, and I was really sick that week. So uh, sorry, everybody, that we weren't here, but we're back. Uh, Rolex is coming up. We don't have to be in an enclosed arena there. We get to roll, walk around the Kentucky Horse Park. And I know we have a lot of listeners and auditors that are going to be going. We have some meetups for you. And one of them is going to be on Friday night. We're doing a listener meetup at the Gray Goose, which is in Midway, a little town of Midway. It's about 10 minutes from the Horse Park, a couple exits up the highway. And just Google it. You'll find the Gray Goose in Midway. Midway's not a big town. It's one street. And we reserved the back room. We had a meetup there at Road to the Horse. We had about, what, 20 people? You probably saw the picture. We had about 20 people there, which was a lot of fun. One of our listeners came all the way from Sweden to go to Road to the Horse. And she was there. It was fun talking to her. Maria, it was good to talk to her and find out what, what she was giving us a little bit of an overview of what horses and what things are like in Sweden, because we have a lot of listeners there. So we're going to do another meetup. We've reserved the back room again. It's great food, the best gluten-free pizza I've ever had in my life. And everybody that got the regular pizza, they make huge salads and pizzas and all kinds of stuff. It's really good uh, food. That's going to happen on Friday night of Rolex at, at 7.30 at the Grey Goose. And then at, we'll be meeting like we do every year, jump number one on cross-country day, about a half an hour before the start of cross-country. We don't know a time on that yet, but... Half an hour before the start of cross country, we'll all meet up at jump number one and then kind of wander around together. So I know we have about 15, 20 people coming that we know about. So if you want to meet up with the rest of the gang, if you're an auditor or a listener and just want to hang out, Jamie's coming in, I think. Um, Jennifer and I will be there. And of course, uh, you know, if Reese is around, she'll be coming over because she lives right near there. So we hope to see as many listeners as possible. Then at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday of Cross Country Day, we'll be doing the usual meet at the Horse Nation tailgate. Uh, We'll have a location for you that later on once they find out. And we'll be working with Leslie, and we always host the Horse Nation trivia party at 2 o'clock. So we'll be asking trivia questions and giving away prizes. Then Horse Nation always has some fun stuff to give away. So that's happening at 2 o'clock at the Horse Nation tailgate. And they always have free beer. So there's that. <laughs> You're not a beer drinker, though. No, I'm not a beer drinker. Uh, but yeah. I, most of our listeners are. <laughs> I'm the exception to that rule. I'm uh, not a beer drinker either. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I used to like wine, and I really like mixed drinks, but I uh, can't do those anymore. I really miss strawberry daiquiris. That's the Aww. one I miss because they're yeah. so sweet and yummy. You should switch over to Bloody Marys. Is there sugar in Bloody Marys? See, that's why I no. can't. Have, no. Do you, do you like See, tomato I juice? like sweet stuff, not tart stuff, which is why Bloody Marys were never. I always like the sweet drinks. But you can't do sweets. So you're going to have know. to change the program. There's certain wines that are very low in sugar, too, but they're all red. And I just, they're dry, you know, and I'm, I'm the sweet. So You can go with a plain old homemade margarita, tequila, lime juice, and your own agave sweetener. Yeah, I heard vodka, too, is low. <laughs> but, you know, tequila and vodka, yeah, I'd be under the table in about four seconds now. 
No, uh, <laughs> no, that's if you chug. We don't do that, Glenn. <laughs> we don't chug booze. We sip it. Oh, see, that's my mistake. Yeah, we're yeah. going on this cruise. We're going on a cruise in May. And that's going to be one thing I'm going to miss on this cruise is, is the drinks with umbrellas. I'm going to miss Where are you going on a cruise? Umbrella. We're going to, we're going to leave it out of Port Canaveral and we're going to go uh, on a seven night cruise around the Caribbean. Oh, where, um, where, where are you stopping? You have to I go could. to all the I islands. I knew you were going to ask that, um, and I don't remember. Um, I know we're going to Puerto Rico. We're going to San Juan one of the days, which I've had some relatives that came from San Juan, so we're kind of going to take the tour there. And then there's one of the Royal Caribbean's private islands that they stop at, which is in Haiti, of all places. Um, but it's a private island there. And then uh, St. Martin. I think is okay. one of them that we're going to. So it's the one where the airplanes land, land right over the beach and everybody goes and stands right under where the airplanes land. Uh, and I want to oh. do that. So that's on our list of things to do there. But, you know, we go for the boat. We're going on the Oasis of the Seas, which is the second largest ship in the world. Um, so it'll be us and 4,000 of our friends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so we're looking forward to it. It's been twenty plus years since we went on a cruise, uh, and we ah. are we are we are working with Horse Nation and Leslie over there. We just talked to the travel agent last week. We're working on putting together a horse lovers cruise uh, for Horse Radio Network and Horse Nation and Eventing Nation fans. Uh, that will be next February, and it'll be a four-night cruise out of Florida here somewhere. We're working on the itineraries right now. But we're looking at a horse lovers cruise, which will be just a whole bunch of horse pe- people that like horses get together for a cruise to have a vacation where you could bring your spouses and they could also have some fun. Um, and we'll do a trivia game night. We're talking about having a game night. So we'll get together and do a game night, play, maybe play the newlywed game and some trivia and stuff, give away prizes. And then, uh, Leslie's going to do the pub crawls. She's going to be in charge of pub crawls every night. So I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. We're just going to keep it light and lively and just a whole bunch of horse people getting together for a cruise. Nice. So we're gonna get we're getting the details. We thought four nights would be a perfect time frame. Uh, you can't go much longer than that for horse people. So yeah. uh, we'll let you know all the details on that <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. Actually, we should have that ironed out with the travel agent. So who knows? That could become an annual thing. We're we're uh, we don't know. We'll see how many people show up. Okay. So, yeah. So uh, all those uh, kind of things we're working on here. Fun stuff. Horse Radio Network. Got to keep busy? it fun and exciting. But now we have to, to go to Nick because we have to talk about productivity. He's here once a month. He's from the Make It Snappy Productivity Show. And uh, let's go over to Nick. It's time for our productivity tip of the month with Nick Snap, host of the Make It Snappy Productivity Show. Well, hi, Nick. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure, Glenn. So productivity, what are we talking about this month? Well, you know, one of the most productive things, it also gets kind of underrated, I think, when you look at all the things that we do. We talked about goals in the show before, right? But the thing about it is you don't do life alone. If you're doing it with somebody else, spouse, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, kids, like whoever it is, you got to realize your goals are no longer your own. Co-hosts. Co-hosts, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Like, you've got to get those people aligned. If you don't get them aligned, it's not going to be productive. I've been trying be, for like, eight years, Nick, to align Helena, and it has never worked. 
In Nobody eight, can align me. <laughs> no, that's true. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not that I'm not willing. You just have to. I have to you know, find the right solution, apparently. Which you got to press the right buttons. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's what it's I'm all like about, those, right? I'm like a horse that's difficult to ride. Once you understand how to, you know, what what the aids are, then. I will be and a high performing beast. You have described all wives in the world in that one sentence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can attest to that, no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Okay. I think so there's a lot of there's a lot of goals out there, right? I mean, yeah, personal achievement, there's goals. I'm sure there's a lot of goals with the the horses that your listeners own and train. You have these things that you want to do, whether it's career, lifestyle. Diet, shall we say diet, you know, finance stuff. Like you're not gonna go very far unless you and your significant other are in agreement with what it is you want to get done, right? Right. Yep. Right. You agree? So the one thing about it is like you gotta hold each other accountable, like on a consistent basis. For me, the twenty sixteen, totally rough year. I felt like twenty sixteen was a year for me to learn. It was a year of debt accumulation. I took like a ton of missteps that year and I wasn't aligned with where my wife envisioned myself or my family going. Like I had a plan, she had a plan, but there was a lot of friction in the details, you know, and that's what caused a lot of problems. I realized the most unproductive thing that I did in 2016 was not hash out and hammer out those details with her. You know, we, we got together weekly. I've talked about the weekly review. I can't remember if I talked about it on the show or not, but we get together weekly to talk about schedules, things need to get done. All that stuff is super productive, but not having those big discussions, those big goal discussions on a regular basis, it crippled us. So I, I think I was just in a you moment. You know what? Those are hard to do because one, one, by the time you think about doing it, you're too tired. It's the end of the day, right? <laughs> and that's the last yeah. time to point you want to do it. But those, Jennifer and I still, you know, that's, we have to force ourselves to sit down and do that. And it's just, be, you know, and it's, it's in our case, it's business stuff mostly. But mm-hmm. even later, like taking vacation, you have to, it's like, okay, we went to lunch the other day. I said, we're going to lunch just so we can talk about what we want to do on vacation in the fall. Um, Perfect. And that's what we did because, but we had to force ourselves to do it. And because even that becomes almost like work when you're super busy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we got to find out, we got to get creative. We have three little kids at home. Yeah, so I can't for us, that. We were talking about it. We're like, well, it doesn't work at night because we're too tired, like you say. And we could try to squeeze together a lunch, but how much can you really cover in a lunch? So for my wife and I, we decided that we're going to do an annual. It's just going to be a weekend away, and we're going to have to deal with the childcare. Or maybe we bring in like a va- – what do you call it? Like a not a live-in sitter. I guess a, a vacation-in sitter with you. A vanny. <laughs> so a vacation this. nanny. A vanny. Yeah. yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, vanny. Yeah. Hey, there's a, there's a business idea right there. <laughs> like a mother's helper. Yeah. Did you just make that up on the fly? That's vanny. Yeah. We'll have the vanny service. We could do it's that. It's a thing. Yeah. We, it's it's a thing. Hashtag. Our next big moneymaker, Alina. <laughs> you just got to be careful that the hashtag doesn't belong to something unsavory. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Vanny could go a different way, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's what our strategy is now. And I just had a birthday recently. So we're like, my year is going to begin now. Or I, I kind of take it from that. Like, what is it from birthday to birthday versus New Year? Because everybody's doing the New Year thing. It gets kind of old. But like, if it's your birthday, it's more, for me, it's more tangible. Like, what do I want to do by the time I hit, in my case, it'd be 39. You know, what do I want? And how do we have those conversations on a, just a focused, dedicated time together for a couple days, at least a couple nights for four hours of pop and just really hash through all those things. Bring out for me, you know me, I'm going to bring out the spreadsheet, <laughs> look at the financial plan, all that kind of stuff. But it really is important. You know, Buck and I do this on a weekend morning and it depends on what we have going on on any given weekend, whether it's, you know, we'll sit down on Saturday or Sunday, but it's in the morning when you're 
your brain is fresh. We call it the yeah. impression octave. You know, that octave gets full of impressions throughout life. So in the morning, we're fresher. You know, it's like you said, doing it at night, especially with three kids, not going to happen. So, but it, it does require a little bit of commitment. You have to say, this is a priority. We're going to do this. So maybe we get up an hour earlier on Sunday morning. We make a nice big pot of coffee. You know, you make it enjoyable so that you are inclined to do it. You're not going to blow it off. And, um, yeah. you figure out what it, what it is that you're, you see, these conversations are great because you could talk to each other on the fly and I might think he knows what we're doing and he might think I know what we're doing, but like you said, we never really got into the details. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, so once you have the conversation, whether it's lunch, whether it's a vacation or coffee in the morning, what, um, what do you, what's the takeaway from that conversation? Yeah, we, we use it to plan the direction of our year. Like for, for us is I've recently taken on some independent contracting work, which translated is a, it's a job. So, and it's like, well, what is, what is that going to, he couldn't even say the the word out loud. He had to spell it. (laughs) I know. Right. What, but what is that? What's the end game for that? And, and how much do we need to earn for us to go ahead and slip back into full-time entrepreneurship, you know, like, and what does that look like for the family? And like, what are the checkpoints along the way? Like, these are really heavy discussions that you can't have on the fly. You can't really even have, well, and, for me, and, I can't have. And aren't in, they in discussions? Power. And I think you both agree with, agree with this. When you're in your twenties, you think I'm going to have everything figured out by the time I'm 30 and I'll have my, go- my life will be set and I'll be good to go. And then when you get to 35, you realize that almost every two or three years, your whole life is changing. Uh, You know, everything changes and it's you lose your job or you get a new job or whatever. You know, there's your life just changes every two or three years. And then when you get to be about 45, you realize that whole 20 thing was a great big lie that you really (laughs) don't even know what you want to do when you're 45. It's just it really does. I don't know. Am I the only one that every couple of years goes, wait a minute, this this is completely different than what I thought three years ago. I'm yeah. relieved to hear you say that. I mean, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I mean, our priorities are always changing because we're always changing. You know, with every minute that goes by or every day that goes by, we learn something and that knowledge changes us in small ways. So at the end of, you know, a year or two years or three years, you're like, whoa, I'm, I'm really a different person than I was a year ago. And that means right. my needs might be a little bit different. So it's a good idea to, to reassess but it's just like any small business you have you know what's my six-month plan what's my two-year plan and you know what's my five-year plan you kind of have to tear it out and the five-year plan you're like all right i can come up with something you know where do i want my uh where do i want this colt to be five years from now do i want him to be um you know a usdf dressage champion um or and then where do i want him to be six months from now Uh, How about just not biting me in the head when we're we're walking out (laughs) to the pasture? Um, When you have a partner, and this is good for horses too, because horses are our partners. And so getting them to align with your goals um, takes a very specific conversation. So we can talk Mm -hmm. about this with people. You can talk to your spouse, you can talk to your business partner, but we can also um, jump over to the horse world and say, you can also have a similar type of conversation with your horse. It's about being a team, right? And and reaching for the same goals. It sure is. Oh yeah, you hit you hit it on the head. We drop the mic. 
Okay, sorry. <laughs> I do love when Nick comes on the show. It's so validating. <laughs> Makes her feel but so good know, about herself. <laughs> I don't think about these things until Nick comes on the show. It's because we're all moving at warp speed. It's right. this little this little conversation that's happening in the background of our lives. So even something like this, sitting down and listening to a productivity segment on the Stable Scoop show is one way of aligning myself. So that when I do go have a conversation with Buck, I have something organized to bring to the table. That's awesome. You've always been kind of organized anyway. I mean, that's part of who you are. More, a lot more than me, for sure. Um, but boy, it's know. hard. It's hard to have those. It, well, one, you know, there's a lot of people. I, I love what Helena just said, because she's right. This is the only time that her and I are forced to do this once a month. Um, but there's a lot of people that listen to all the, you know, wonderful podcasts out there about about productivity like yours. And right. also listen to all the motivational speakers all the time. I can't do that. It just is brain overload for me. You know, I, you know, yeah. when I'm listening, when I'm listening to a podcast, I want to be entertained. I want to take a break from all of that. So, you know, I don't yeah. know if that's bad or not, but I think you can only do so much of that too. And you just drive yourself insane. You know, I'm glad you said that because I, I kind of got bored with the two, to be honest with you. So I was doing the standard like interviewing productivity people and I still do that. Right. And I still tell my story, but like kind of being the guru out there or whatever. But recently I'm like, you know what? I really need to just pull out all the stops and be vulnerable and just tell people my story of like, how am I, am I really being productive on a day-to-day basis? So I'm, I've been storytelling, Glenn. For the last, uh, I think I've got, yeah, four solid episodes where I'm telling the story of my building this entrepreneur life of mine and how was I productive in my struggles and tribulations and all that stuff just to make it more real, you know, because I think a lot of stuff that you, you're listening to and that I listen to probably, yeah, it's, it may make it sound real, but it's really just, is it, is it really life? <laughs> you know? Right. Exactly. And, it's right. kind of fluff. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Boy, I'll tell you what, Helena, the, over the past nine years, the listeners sure have, <laughs> they've heard it all from us. That oh, has it. God, been a... <laughs> we, we pull them into our conversation. <laughs> Whether they want to be part of our lives or not. <laughs> oh, no. Definitely. <laughs> but it's, it's like you said, you know, you get overwhelmed, you get, you get just full, your impression octave gets full of all this information. That's why, you know, you do, I listen to podcasts for information and, um, but I get overwhelmed very easily. So I either have to listen to short podcasts or a podcast that occasionally has a quote unquote good idea. You know, do you ever, like, I put my, my earbuds in and I go out for a run and I'm like, do, 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 running socks, do, 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 do. <laughs> hey, that's a great idea. And then you go about your business, you know, and that little idea sticks in your head. Um, and so therefore it becomes, it's easy to digest because it's, it's small. It's a forkful. It's not a whole meal. You're right. You're right. There's power in that. Isn't that interesting, too? And it shows our different listeners, you know, someone information, someone entertainment, just like Helene and I are completely opposite that way. I just want to be entertained. I don't care if I learn anything when I'm listening to podcasts. I just want to be entertained. <laughs> and, you know, isn't that interesting, though? But Helena wants to learn something. And that that is what makes, you know, a network like ours, where we have shows for everything that 
you know, for both those kind of people. Um, that's right. And that's well, why I tell you, Glenn, you yeah. listen to episode 109 where my board of advisors is chewing me out and cursing me out about <laughs> the stupid decision I make. You will get thoroughly entertained. Okay, it good. I'll listen very to that interesting. <laughs> At your expense, that'll be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. At my expense. Yeah, you'll love it. <laughs> All right, Nick, I know you have to run. Where can people find episode 109? They can do a search for Make It Snappy in your favorite podcasting platform. It's called the Make It Snappy Productivity Show. And my website is Make It Snappy Show. Don't forget the show.com. Fairfield Inn and Suites North by Marriott Lexington is the ideal hotel for you as they are the closest hotel to the Kentucky Horse Park. They have the most spacious guest rooms and suites in the area, and they're only four miles from downtown Lexington. Fairfield Inn and Suites North offers complimentary breakfast, free Wi-Fi throughout the hotel, free parking, a business center, an indoor swimming pool and jacuzzi, an outdoor patio with grill, laundry facilities, and much more. You get hungry, Cracker Barrel is located right next door, and there are four other dining options available within walking distance for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Of course, Lexington is known for the Kentucky Horse Park, University of Kentucky, Keeneland, and the historical Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Enjoy a terrific hotel experience while you're touring Lexington. There's no denying that the Lexington North Fairfield Inn & Suites is the best value in town and will meet all your hospitality needs. Just Google Fairfield in North Lexington and make your reservations today. Another guest this week is Sarah Hamilton Rigg. Sarah is the director of the University of New Hampshire's equine program. Yes, you can get a bachelor's degree in equine studies. In fact, you can get a bachelor of science degree in equine studies. And um, I was doing some research one day and I came across this program and it literally was like, if I could have my life to live over again, I would enroll at UNH. I know for you this would. Program. <laughs> um, so, and UNH has been around for a long time. They're celebrating their 150th anniversary this year. And they have, I think they're in Durham, New Hampshire. They have about 13,000 students. So it's a pretty big school. But check this out. The equine program has a 52-horse facility that's on the main campus. Oh, wow. They have indoor, indoor and outdoor arenas, competition spaces, a full cross-country course. Yeah, they do a it's, show there, don't they? They I do think, all kinds of yeah. stuff there. They have IHSA. They have IDA. I think that's intercollegiate dressage association team. So they have everything. I mean, if there's something that you want to study horse wise, UNH is the place to check out. So we're going to talk to the director of their program, Sarah Rigg. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to Stable Scoop. Hi, thank you very much for having me. I reached out to, well, I didn't reach out to you. Our, our booking person did because I had been going online looking for university programs that offered degrees in equine science or equine studies. And I was actually looking for master's programs and there are not a lot of them. So I stumbled upon the UNH equine program website and felt like I hit pay dirt. Now I know you guys offer, um, a BS in equine studies. Um, tell us about, give us the, the high level overview of that program. 
Absolutely. We offer a Bachelor of Science in Equine Studies. Um, and actually, I should also tell you that we do offer an associate's degree in Applied Animal Science with a concentration in equine management. So that is an option as well. But my, I do most of my work with the bachelor's program. It's a four-year degree. Um, formerly, we were part of the Animal Science program. But for the last several years, uh, probably seven or eight, we've been our own major. So students receive a Bachelor of Science, and they do take a background of classes in core science courses, and they also get quite a number of business courses as part of their core. But I love they take quite a number. They I love that it's, number. It's, it's, it's your own program, and it's not part of animal science. Exactly. I'm a faculty member that's also affiliated with our animal science program, but the animal science program has since developed in a different direction um, that caters to the needs of those students who see themselves going into different fields other than the equine industry. And then meanwhile, and this is the reason why I was the person who led the charge to get us out from under the animal science uh, major so that we could be our own freestanding program. It's allowed us to tailor our curriculum to the needs of our students, which are quite unique, and to allow our students to really tailor their course of study to what they really see themselves doing in the equine industry. They actually now have the option of concentrating in one of three different tracks. There's the equine industry and management track, the therapeutic riding track, and the equine science track. Um, so all students within the major get a certain core of science, business, and then equine-specific classes, but then they have a chance to direct themselves onto one of those three paths. And even within each of those paths, there is a set of common core courses, and then students get a chance to choose 20 credits of major electives that allows them to differentiate their course of study for exactly what they see themselves doing in the equine industry. Uh, because truthfully, even within any given track that you pick, um, and I could use examples from any of them, but um, to use, for example, the therapeutic writing track, some of the students really are going to go and concentrate in teaching therapeutic writing, and so the classes that need they need are very different than someone who actually sees themselves operating their own center and having to understand more about the administrative end of nonprofit work. So the ability to tailor exists across all three of our tracks and allows students to create a curriculum that's unique and personal and gives them the tools that they're going to need to successfully find their job and then to be successful in that dream role. Dream role. Yeah. This doesn't sound like school. It sounds like Disneyland. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, they work. <laughs> no, no, no. And you know, I, I don't think I've, I've, so there are no tests rare. and everybody gets an A and passes. Is that the rule? No. Oh, don't I wish it. Don't I wish it. No. <laughs> it's rare that you come across a horse person who doesn't like to work hard, especially when they're working with or for their horses. So, but there's the fact that you can um, dive into a, to a specific course of program, whether it's therapeutic riding or equine science, um, it is to me, I mean, that's like so fulfilling. Tell us about the equine science portion of that. It sounds like a, a broad label, but I would imagine that there's something more specific under there. Oh, absolutely. Equine science is the three tracks. That is the most science intensive, um, as the name would imply. Students on that track, um, in addition to their core courses that apply to everyone, they take a combination of equine-specific and more heavily science-based classes. And this track is appropriate for students who are interested, first and foremost, in 
a more technical or science and career in the equine industry. So I've had students on that track going to work at nutritional or pharmaceutical companies or rehabilitation facilities. Um, so, for example, I have a student who works at a rehab facility uh, out near the Del Mar, California racetrack. I have a student who works at Alltech. And so students who see themselves in those more science-based fields, they need that harder core of science classes to have the background to do that work. Um, that said, if I have students who wish to go on to grad school in a science-based curriculum, this is also the right area for them. So I've had students pursue degrees in reproductive physiology, in equine reproduction, in equine nutrition, or in animal science, either at the master's or the PhD level. And this course of study gives them those science classes that are the building blocks to being able to do more advanced degree work. And then finally, this is also the right track for students who wish to do a vet school application at the end of their four-year degree here with us. So if a student is planning to go on to vet school, they can take all of those fun pre-vet slash pre-med curriculum classes. Um, things like organic chemistry and biochemistry while doing the equine science track, and then they have what they need to go on to vet school. And interestingly enough, I have a couple of graduates who have, in fact, gone on to careers in human medicine after doing an undergraduate degree in equine science, either because they were always on the fence that they want to go into human or animal medicine, or at some point over the course of their college time, their goals and aspirations changed, and they realized that, oh, well, actually, what really interested them more was the medicine side, or they realized, oh, well, actually, they probably weren't going to be a good candidate getting into vet school, but they were very interested in medical care of patients and would like to apply that to humans rather than animals instead of doing vet school. Wow. Glenn, you, you think you can handle this program? No. <laughs> It, that is definitely the more intense curriculum, and, and I will tell you, we probably have many, uh, there is always a little bit of changing about on our students. Uh, we actually more, our students, perhaps unsurprisingly, are very dedicated, and we just had our admitted students open a house on Sunday, and our associate dean introduced me as the person who leads the program where no students ever leave, because we have such a low rate of students transferring out of the major, and that really speaks to how passionate and dedicated our students are, but I will say that every year we have quite a number of students who come in as freshmen thinking, I want to do equine science or I want to apply to vet school. And, and they learn at some point in their college career that maybe that's not a great fit for them. It frequently has something to do with chemistry, organic chemistry, that they realize that maybe this isn't quite their cup of tea, but then they're able to find another career path within our program that is. Yeah, makes sense. And, and you know, I think <clears throat> we just had this conversation actually with our first guest about how, how, you know, in your 20s, you think you're going to end up in one place and then you don't, you know, usually end up there. And, I, you know, it happens all the way along life and including while you're in school, right? I mean, you're just, you think you're going one direction and then all of a sudden you discover, I'm better over here. Uh, it's, it's really true. And it's not always what they picture when they come in the door, but who among us really knows what exactly what well, we're going to do with our lives when we're 18 years old? Uh, you know, <laughs> we were just talking about the fact that when you're 50, you still don't know. So it's... Yeah. <laughs> And then it changes every every year, every yeah, three exactly. years. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And we do have students for whom that has blossomed in different directions. For example, we've had a student who um, was really interested in therapeutic riding and 
in her time, she found she was really interested in all the technicalities of the way nonprofits are managed. And, you know, eventually she ended up going to law school, which wasn't where she saw herself as a therapeutic writing major when she stepped in the door here, but certainly is a, a, a path that's given her a very successful and uh, opportunity and a very bright future. Um, and so if we help students find the right path for them, it's always a success whether their job eventually entails horses or not. You know, I, I, I think that must be a very interesting conversation as having once been a hiring manager and looking at gazillions of resumes, it would be intriguing to see someone, um, you know, a, a BS in equine studies come across my desk and in, in a job that wasn't related to horses at all. Um, do you help some of the students or graduates have that conversation and bridge the gap between a potential employer's knowledge of horses and, and really how um, going through the equine studies program can, in my opinion, prepare you for pretty much anything that you can experience in small business? I mean, that, you know, it's just like saying, oh, you know, I was a full-time mom and think about how I can multitask in the workplace right now. Do you help your graduates have those kinds of conversations with HR? Oh, absolutely. Or? Absolutely. We're very lucky. Um, we have a great faculty here. And so all of our students, we have nearly 100 students in our bachelor's degree program. All of them have close relationships with all of our faculty, but particularly with their advisors. And one of the things that we do as faculty advisors is talk to them about where they see themselves going and help them figure out what are the steps to get there. Um, in their senior seminar in particular, one of the things that they do is craft a resume, craft a cover letter, and we do work with students who have diverse goals. Um, among this year's senior class, we actually have a student who's applying to medical imaging school because, again, she's a student who decided that pre-vet wasn't really the track she wanted to take, but she fell in love with ultrasounds and MRIs when she was working at a vet clinic for her internship. So she's decided she'd like to be able to use that technology on humans as a career, and that's a fabulous opportunity. And so we do talk to her. She, in particular, is one of my students, and she's worked with um, our faculty member who teaches equine seminar, and also she's worked with me, and we've talked about, well, gee, in your essay or in your interview, let's emphasize why it is that you're heading to this career path and how you've gotten there and what are the transferable skills. And we also do talk to our students that there are many, many, many transferable skills of things that we do. Um, as you may be aware, we are the only university or college in the country that offers a USEA, USEF recognized horse trials. It's entirely run by our students. And that is a tremendous undertaking for them. But learning to manage that type of a, pro of a project, work with groups to get a complex task done, work with a timeline that is non-negotiable, those are things that Work with apply people. to so many other. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Competitors who yeah. are sometimes stressed and yeah. not always being their best selves yeah. in the throes of competition. That's a polite way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> so they, those are all transferable skills into so many different areas. You're always going to have well, clients or customers who are having bad days. You're always going to have special events that, you know, <laughs> whether it's, Managing well, we, a conference. Oh. You know, we always say that it's, it's you know, if you're in the horse business, you're not in the horse business. You're in the people business. Horses just happen <laughs> exactly. to be part of it. Now, so I have a question. How are you seeing more older uh, people coming into the program now than you've seen in the past? Are there more people looking to change careers or are you still predominantly, you know, coming out of uh, high school into college age? predominantly high school and college age, traditional students. I have, 
I would say over time, I've had a gradual trickle of more adults wishing for a career path change, but that's still a slow stream for us. Of my, as I said, I have nearly 100, they're 90 something. I can think of a small handful, under 10 that are on a non-traditional path, having either worked in other areas or perhaps done military service. And that's more than I had 10 years ago, but it certainly is not the majority of my program. Got it. Well, where can people find out more? Absolutely. Uh, The best place to start is www.equine.unh.edu. And that will take anyone who's interested to our main landing page and they can see information about our curriculum, our competitions, our equestrian teams, the riding program, the therapeutic riding program. And that's a great place to get started. Sounds perfect. Helena, why are you signing up today? Uh, Disney, baby, Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. (laughs) Thanks, Sarah. Wonderful. Well, thank you both. Well, hi, Susan. Welcome to the show. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Alina. Thank you so much. Susan is here. She is one of our tremendous auditors, and she is here to do the Horselovers.com Tack and Habit product review segment. And you have a pair of Noble Outfitters show gloves, a three-season variety. They call them the winter show gloves. So tell us, uh, tell us about these gloves. And I know you've worn gloves for a long time, so how have you found these? Yes, these are um, actually pretty nice. I know I checked them online, and they retail for around thirty, which is to me about mid price and not a bad price for for leather gloves. Um, the ones that I got were black. I don't know if they have them in other colors, but probably not. I think since, they're just uh, black. Yeah. You know, most hunter jumper people would be uh, wearing black gloves in shows. Right. Um. They are goat skin on the inside or on the palm and um, a cloth on top. It's kind of stretchy, but not, it doesn't have any holes in them. You know, it's not like um, mesh. Some of those that have, that are, yeah. And they are also lined, but lightly lined, not thick. I've had um, other winter gloves that um, were much thicker than these. These are not real thick, which is good because when I ride, I don't like thick gloves. I don't know about other people, but it bothers me if they're too thick. Yeah, I'm with um, you. They're uh, pretty flexible. They came they came um, wearable. I mean, it's not you don't have to break them in or anything. Um, according to the material that they sent me, they are washable. Um, probably would wash them either hand wash them or light, you know, not, yeah, do them on a gentle cycle. That's what I would do with not a lot of uh, soap. Um, and according to the material, they said they were, um, you could use them on a touch screen, which I actually tried. And the only finger I could get to work on the touch screen was the, in, um, the index finger, which, and you kind of have to, manipulate it a little bit but um at least it'll it'll work 
Keys, with the size of my keyboard and my screen, and I have a big phone, I can't. I'd be hitting all the wrong keys anyway because it's too fat. <laughs> it's too. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. I mean, it, it's not the easiest thing in the world to use, but in a pinch, and if you're out on the, you know, out with yourself on it, and I don't personally, I don't ride with a phone, so I don't know. I mean, a lot of pe- a lot of people do, and they need to have it. Well, I but, guess if um, you were if you answering had... the phone, then you just had to swipe or something, then it, that would be an advantage. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to do a lot of um, buying Typing. from um, you know, QVC <laughs> no or texting, Amazon. Yeah. Or, yeah. But um, they're nice. I mean, they're, 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 they look good. Um, I ordered a size 7, and um, my hands are a little short, but I need the size because they're a little wide. And uh, the fingers... If you pull them down, they fit pretty good. And these have the um, Velcro on the back? Yeah. Uh, that's the other thing I liked about them is there's a hook and loop, a loop closure on the back, um, which makes it so that you can make them tight if you need to make them tight. Um, and um, a little bit of a, I don't know if you know what a peplum is, but they, um, it, the, the like bottom little, of the glove like comes stretch. down a little bit over your hand and it makes it look nice. It doesn't just stop. What'd you, um, what would you call it? There's a little bit it? of a um, flare what'd at you, the what, bottom. What'd you call it? Well, if you're wearing a top like a blouse or something that has one of those little skirts that kind of come out of it, it's called peplum. Oh, I didn't know that. And that's what the little uh, uh, flare on the... Uh, it's, I guess on a glove, it's more like a gauntlet, but it's it's like it's only about an inch, but it it looks nice. Yeah, it makes a nice it, finish. It's a wrist. Yeah, thingy. it makes a nice finish. Um, so you know, I guess I mean I didn't get a chance to use them a lot to know if they'd hold up, but uh, I've had a lot of riding gloves before, and these seem to be pretty substantial. Cool. How were they? They temperature wise, not you said that they weren't well, very thick. Where, um, did you find that your hands got? Really warm in them, or just average? About average. I um, like I say, I've bought um, heavy-duty winter gloves before. I live in an area where we don't get really, really hard winters, but it'll get cold enough. Um, I don't like wear, riding with big, heavy, thick gloves. So, um, the, for me, a thinner glove would be better. But for people that live, you know. Up north, where Helena does, uh, it might be it might not be quite <laughs> thick enough for them, Got but it. it might be. Yeah, yeah. It's All not. Right. It's not. It's not overly hot, and it's not. It, it does its job, but it doesn't do its job too well. I mean, it's not like down. You know, like people that live up in Chicago and Canada, they have to wear downfield gloves. We yeah. don't have to wear those down here, but um, if you're going to ride, you know, I don't know. I mean. Right. It's probably in the depth of winter. You wouldn't wear them just as a to hack. But in the sh- of course, if, if you're showing, you'd want something that looks nice. And that's I think these are supposed to be show gloves. Um, they're not normally. Um, you'd save them. Gotcha. 
Well, it's the Noble Outfitters Winter Show Glove. You can find them at horselovers.com. You're right on the price, $29.95 for a pair. And they do come in black and a whole bunch of different sizes, so you can check that out at the website. Thank you, Susan. We appreciate you trying hey. them out. Hi, right, thanks a lot for sending them to me. I appreciate it. So, Helena, I've been sick and out of it, so which means I haven't done anything but lay in bed. Uh, so what's, <laughs> what's up with the That Newport Show? Well, the spring season is starting to to create some activity over here. There's lots of stuff that's happening in the boating world, not the least of which is this crazy ocean race. It's a sailing race that literally goes around the planet. And it would be like the equivalent of the Mongol Derby. Only around the planet. (laughs) Yeah, only over the water (laughs) instead of the Mongolian desert. And uh, I think there's only like six sailboats that, that do this. It's really, it's challenging. And they stop one spot on each continent around the globe. So these guys are sailing and men and women are sailing across the planet and they have these ports where they get to stop for about a week, a couple days a week. I'm not sure. And one of those is Newport. So it's a really, really big deal. It's the only place in North America that these boats will be stopping. And so, and, but they don't get here until next spring. The race takes nine months to complete. Oh, you got to be committed to that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine being in the saddle for nine months? <laughs> That's a little different than seven days in the Mongol Derby. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I don't know. You can't maybe, go. Maybe you not. get seasick. You're not allowed. Yeah. 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 So we're starting to get a buzz with that. And then we're spinning off because of that. Uh, we're spinning off a new show. It's called Around the Buoy. And it's going to be about essentially life on the water, not just about Newport, um, boating, sailing, classic cruising, you know, not the, not the, the power boat, like sport fishing type of boating. This is a little bit more leisurely. So we have, I have a new co-host. His name is Carter Richardson. Look at you. He is, yeah. He's a former Navy officer. Yeah. He served on a warship out in the South Pacific. So he knows a little bit about what it takes to survive on the water. And it's so funny when we first met, he had a story about falling off a horse and I had a story about getting seasick. <laughs> Perfect couple. <laughs> when, a horse, when, when a person, when a horse person meets a boat person, they're like, oh, I remember I got seasick once. And then the horse person is like, oh, I fell off a horse once. <laughs> it's so funny. Two of the most expensive hobbies in the world right there together. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So I know nothing about boats. It'll be really interesting for me to play you know, to be the, the novice. You'll be me. Yes. Yeah, you'll be the me on the show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, that's congratulations, one, on expanding the network. That's Thank you. terrific. And, and that show's called again? Around the Buoy. Around, well, oh, that's a great name. I didn't even know that Around. name. That's a great name. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, and is it started? Is it out? What's the scoop? Our first episode goes live on Thursday, okay. April... What is this? Fifth April sixth. So, so um, it'll be, about it'll a be week at till it's out in iTunes and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aroundthebuoy.com. And our first guest is um, we featured the International Yacht Restoration School, which is a really cool place. Who knew? You know, we may yeah. not like do a. I was talking about this the other day. We may not make a lot of money doing podcasting. I, I actually was talking about this with somebody yesterday, and we were talking about making a living and doing all that. You know, and I, you know, it's no secret. I've said it here in the shows before. Jennifer and I probably are making less now than we ever have, right? Um, but the experiences and the fun 
that you get to have. We've had experiences doing these shows that we would have never had. You know, and yeah. the experiences are what makes it all worthwhile. The people and the experiences. Uh, and you're getting, to, you're getting a little bit of that, too, with your shows up there. I am meeting some of the most wonderful people. Uh, I'm learning a lot. I am. It's nice to be involved with something I don't really know a lot about because, you know, I when you're, you know, when you talk about horses for pretty much the last what ten years, um, <laughs> you get a little cocky or you get a little jaded or you're like, okay, how much more is there for me to learn? And there always is. There's always something. Um, but I'm not one of those people who's used to being in the beginner seat again. And so diving into these, this new territory and meeting new people and having new adventures is very humbling. And I think I needed a good dose of that. Well, that's cool. I, plus you never know who you're going to meet, right? I mean, that's you never know who you're going to meet. That's what's so and, cool about it. But it, it's restored my faith in people. Um, because the people I am meeting are so warm and friendly. Now, that may just be because, you know, like boat people are passionate about their boats. Horse people are passionate about our horses. You strike up a conversation about something we're passionate about and the conversation can go all night. Right. So I don't know if it's because we've got passionate people talking to passionate people or I don't know. I think you got a little of both, right? I mean, you got a little of uh, all of that. Well, that's that is cool. what podcasting is all well, about. Well, you know, sure. I think that's another great niche for you uh, is the boat world because it is so much like the horse world. People that are into it are into it, and their spouses are are like we say, horse husbands. I don't know what you call them, boat wives. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what don't you know. call. We got to find that out. <laughs> you need to invent that, a that term would be one for that of because yeah, because that they're kind of the widows of that too, right? Unless they're really into it, they're kind of widowed to that too. Yes, uh, sir. Yeah. That's that's uh, interesting. Well, very good. That Newport show and around the buoy, 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 buoy. Thank you. Around buoy, the buoy, buoy, buoy. around the buoy is a completely I, different you podcast. To, you have to read. That. <laughs> that's a completely different show. That's got an explicit rating. It's nothing that Helena would do. Glenn McGee, <laughs> my hand is over my mouth. Oh, my God. Booey. Booey. You have to make your lips work to say that one. <laughs> around the buoy. Oh, okay, geez. wait I'm a minute. I'm all flushed now. Wait a minute. I, I got to look up aroundtheboy.com and see what it's that brings up. It's boy. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Let's see if, if you uh, do that. Oh, there's no website at aroundtheboy.com. So. Okay, good. <laughs> you really have me worried there for a minute. <laughs> All right, that's it, everybody. <laughs> We're going to leave you with that visual. Wait, wait you, you forgot to tell them to download the app. Oh, download the app, the all that stuff, you know, horseradionetwork.com. You can find everything there. You're like over it. You're so over it. <laughs> hey, you know what? We're going to be back next week. Um, so stay alive until then. <laughs> Happy scooping. <laughs>